Welcome to the seventh episode of Jesus and Truth, where we will be discussing Jesus and his truth found in the Bible. My name is Daniel DeVall, and I am the minister for the Leeward Church of Christ in Hawaii. When we were young, one of our greatest and prized possessions was our blanket. A blanket is such an important part of a child's life that even in adulthood we use the phrase security blanket to describe the feeling that it gave us when we held that item or were covered with that item. For me especially, above and beyond the blanket was just the presence of my parents. When I was laying on my mother's lap, that was the most comfortable position in all of life as a child. When my dad was home, I never felt safer than when he was there. I never feared any danger or anything because my dad's here. I'm completely safe. Inside, I was calm completely. And when we discuss religion, it is such a valuable thing to have that in our spiritual life. God is the God of peace. He's described that way in the Bible. Additionally, Jesus is described in Isaiah 9 and verse 6 as the Prince of Peace. But they make it very clear that they're not talking about the same kind of peace that most people are. When people think of peace, they often think of the opposite of war. But Jesus in John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. In John 16, 33, a couple chapters later, just to make it clear so that no one misunderstands, he says, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world, is what Jesus says. He's making it clear, I'm giving you peace, but it is not the same as what the world gives. I'm giving you peace, but that does not mean you won't have worldly tribulation. My teacher would often say in history class, there has never been a year in human history without some kind of battle or war that occurs. And so biblical peace is not the absence of war on earth. That's not what Jesus' goal was in bringing peace. But it can be defined as this, the state of being that lacks nothing and has no fear of being troubled. Or we may think of the word security. Back to our blanket analogy that was such an important part of our life as a child that as grown-ups, we use the term security blanket. That's what that blanket brought. It brought peace. It brought security. And so biblical peace brings that spiritual security and feeling. When I laid on my mother's lap, or when I held my baby blanket, or when my dad was home, did any of the outside troubles change? No, they were the same. But those particular situations brought comfort and peace, and then my mind was not focused on the turmoil. And so spiritually, the peace that Jesus gives is not one that removes the troubles, but brings that feeling of calmness spiritually, despite the troubles that go around. So it doesn't take away your troubles. 
There's some crazy preachers out there who will say, well, once you start following Jesus, all your financial problems go away. All your relationship problems go away. All your health problems go away. Not true. <laughs> once you start following Jesus, those be things become less important. Those worries can be overcome and not dwelt on because of the security and calmness that we have in Jesus. We can have that peace in Jesus not because those things go away, but because of the perspective and the relationship that we have. How was that brought about? Well, Jesus makes it clear that it is through the cross. Paul writes a letter in Colossians that expresses this, that peace was made through the blood of his cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he brought peace to the world through that suffering, which seems like the opposite. Killing Jesus, killing God's Son, was not a peaceful action, but that ultimately brought peace to us spiritually. There was a blessing that came out of that trial and tragedy. In Luke 12, 51, Jesus says, Do you think that I came to grant peace on earth? No, that was not his mission. Jesus came about 2,000 years ago, and still to this day, we have wars and troubles and trials and battles and all kinds of things that are not peaceful from the world's definition. But from a biblical perspective, Jesus has brought peace. And so let's ask who he brought it for, because it certainly wasn't for the whole world, because we still have a whole lot of troubles. In Luke 2 and verse 14, after Jesus's birth, angels even came down and sang a song to praise God for the birth of Jesus on earth. And they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with, pay attention to this, with whom he is pleased. So not to everyone, but with whom God is pleased, they get peace. Romans 5 and verse 1 expresses this idea by saying, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So not everyone, but those with whom God is pleased. Those who have been justified by faith. Or as Galatians 6.16 says, those who walk in step with this rule. Some people think following Jesus has nothing to do with following any rules or expectations. Galatians 6.16 says if you want peace, then you got to follow those rules. Those who walk in step with this rule, peace and mercy be upon them. Which is no different. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Psalm 85.8 in the Old Testament, it says God speaks peace to who? to his holy people. So not to everyone, but to God's people, peace is given. And why is that the case? Well, if you look at verses like Acts 10.36, proclaiming the good news of peace. Ephesians 6.15, 6.15, the gospel of peace. Ephesians 2.17, the good news of peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. Peace is given to God's people because peace is packaged in the good news of Jesus Christ, in the gospel. And so when someone is saved by the gospel, they receive that blessing that Jesus gives, which is spiritual peace and calmness 
despite the earthly turmoil that comes about. Unless we forget the Holy Spirit, because we've talked about the Father, we talked about the Son, we don't want to exclude the Holy Spirit. He is wonderfully important as well. Galatians 5.22, what does it say? But the fruit of the Spirit. This is something that many of you know, have heard this passage before, you know where I'm going already. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace is in there along with patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of those wonderful qualities. But peace is right there. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace that Jesus gives, that God is the God of, that the Holy Spirit produces within us, allows us to handle the turmoil that the world gives us. Peace is the opposite of anxiety. If you don't know what biblical peace is, you know what anxiety is. You know what worry is. Biblical peace is not doing that, all right? Not having the worldly wor worries and anxieties of the world. So many things go wrong in a year. Some you have control of, some you have no control of. You cannot worry or stress or have anxiety over all of it. You've got to just trust God, appreciate the salvation that God gives, and understand that peace is one which surpasses all worldly understanding. Because the peace that God gives is a peace that, based on the situation you're currently going through, uh, you just came out of, or maybe you're about to experience, Based on that situation, most people would think you shouldn't be peaceful. You should be worrying. You should be anxious. But for a Christian, that peace and that calmness that God gives us, despite that craziness around us, is one that doesn't make sense in the human mind a lot of times. But Colossians 3.15 encourages us that God's peace ought to rule our life. If worry is your normal way of function, then you're not allowing God's peace to rule your life, which is unfortunate because you're passing up on something that's extremely valuable. It's extremely powerful. It was peace that was even able to handle the cross that Jesus bore. Peace that Jesus gives is not in entertainment. It's not in a vacation. It's not in hanging out with friends. It's not in a pill. It's not at the bottom of a shot glass. But it is one that is in the gospel. Biblical peace is not, if there's nothing wrong, then I'm calm. If there's nothing wrong, you should be calm, all right? If there's nothing wrong and you're not calm, there's even more worry uh, to be had over that situation. Biblical peace is, if everything is going wrong, you're still calm. So the only way to actually know whether you have biblical peace is for something to go wrong, right? To experience some kind of trouble in life. And that calmness, right, that Jesus allows us to have because of the eternal security that is given through faithfulness to him. Uh, 
It allows us to get through the troubles and trials of this life. The gospel is not just about how to get to heaven. The gospel contains a whole lot about what to do while we're on this earth. God's peace is meant to guard us from the worries and anxieties of this life. Philippians 4 and verses 6 through 7 has encouragement about that, that God's peace should guard us from those things. There is an analogy that I love on this subject of peace that someone taught me, and it's about storms, right? We often talk about troubles and trials as storms of life. It's a good metaphor because there are storms that come that are very dangerous, that cause a lot of worry. When a storm comes to Hawaii, for instance, if it's a big one, if it's a hurricane, people panic. People buy out everything at Costco. And you look at one of the most dangerous places to be during a storm, it would be on the water. Who lives in the water? Whole bunch of fish. Do the fish worry about the storm? It seems like they would be affected most by it. But they don't worry about the storm. You know why? Because the storm only affects the water about 25 feet deep. So during the storm, you know what the fish do? They swim deeper. They swim 26, 27, 30 foot deep. They swim under so deep that they're not affected by the storm. They understand that there is calm when you go deep. There is calm deeper than the storm. And you look at Jesus, when he went through the hardest trial of his life, he went the spiritually deepest. When he prayed in the garden, he was not on knee, but yet fell down on his face. When you read of stories of Christians being killed for the cause of Christ, what are they doing? They're doing things that don't make sense to the average person. It surpasses all understanding. They're singing hymns. They're praying to God while their very life is being threatened. Because when that storm comes, they went deep spiritually. There's no such thing as a spiritual baby blanket. They sell a lot of things at Costco, but that's not one of them. And the presence of our physical parents isn't going to solve all of our spiritual troubles and problems but the blessing is that Jesus gives something so much better than those. He brings spiritual peace and calmness despite the earthly circumstances in the peace that he gives. Not all people have it. Only those who have been reconciled by God. And the only way to get the peace that Jesus gives is through justification by faith. If you want to end the spiritual turmoil of your life, you have to go to the one who gives peace, and you have to come to Jesus. Thank you for listening. The best way to reach me is on Instagram at Jesus and Truth. If you're looking for a minister, looking for a church, or looking for an answer to your Bible questions, reach out. Subscribe to easily listen to the next episode of Jesus and Truth, Lord willing. Much love in Jesus. Amen.